Welcome to episode 32 of the TCCG Roundtable. We're your hosts, Dragon Rider and Ron Mexico. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, doing great. How about yourself? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's, uh, feels like it has been a very long week, <laughs> um, but it's it's been a good week, though, so at least there's that. Uh, but I don't... At the same time, it's felt like a long week. I also don't know how we're at Friday already. I'm like, it's been long, but also it went by fast. I don't know how that works, but that's what happened. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that, that is a fascinating convergence of, of two different things. Oh, uh, man, this week never ended. Also, what? It's Friday already? Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. uh, like... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like we should still be on, like, Wednesday or something. And I'm like, oh, it's already just oh, about the weekend now. That that would be that would be an evil time loop to make it to Friday and then reset to Wednesday. Oh, God. It really would. Yeah, that would that would be pretty terrible. So I'm glad <laughs> that we're not there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, let's talk real quick about, I guess, what we've been up to the last week uh you want to go ahead and start absolutely so uh i have been jamming a bunch of games of hearthstone uh per usual um on my daily streams it's been uh a kind of a roller coaster lately uh with uh with a lot of the games i've been having i i stray out of my comfort zone a few times and things kind of fall off the wheel uh, the wheels fall off a little bit and then i go back into my comfort zone and it's like okay things are good again and repeat so i, I haven't really gotten comfortable with um a lot of other decks uh and classes but my my favorite ones are still doing quite well um and the expansion as a whole i just have to say has been extremely fun there's lots of new cards to play with there's lots of new strategies uh, multiple different archetypes were kind of uh enabled and existing ones were supported uh there's only like one class that feels not good um out of 11 which is pretty impressive. So I have really been enjoying the expansion and all things uh, Hearthstone lately. Um, so so that's been fun. What about you? Yeah, I have definitely uh, been very, very focused on Hearthstone and especially standard Hearthstone. Uh, I got some exciting news for something coming up that I can't announce yet, but will be announced soon. Uh, so I've been very focused on that, but... Uh, that has also meant like uh yeah gen con just happened last weekend and i very much wanted to like talk about stuff and and really dig into a lot of that stuff and pretty much it was like forget about that put it all <laughs> down <laughs> panic about what <laughs> is coming yeah. and uh you know and, and get ready um so it's been both very exciting but also at the same time it's been uh very like intense focus and, and studying I like I feel like I'm legit studying like um, I'm like I'm studying for <laughs> for a school exam or something I'm like all right like I'm taking notes I'm like focused I'm like Love okay if, I, if I'm not trying I'm like watching other people or I'm you know listening to things doing all sorts of stuff and it's uh I don't know it's been good because it's kind of kicked myself into you know a different gear um instead of just kind of going with the motions uh, like i have a, a goal that i'm working towards uh, which has been very nice but it has felt very intense um so kind of that i guess the the chaotic good energy <laughs> for this week definitely has been has been happening a bit for me um yeah very very exciting things going on and i feel like there's definitely a lot of stuff going on i think even in terms of like us ourselves uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we're working on with Amber Flight Gaming uh, this weekend and that you're going to mention it. But uh, I guess we'll technically it started like last night, you know, Thursday night because Japan and time zones are a thing. Uh, so for us in the Western world, it was like, oh, it's like 
you know, six, eight o'clock at night here. Oh, uh, but, you know, we've been getting to watch at least the brackets or updates via Twitter uh, for our fellow AFG player Nails, who's competing in the Pokemon World Championship for VGCs. Like, that's been super exciting. And uh, I don't know. So just it feels like there's a lot going on. But also at the same time, I'm like, panic brain doesn't know what to do i can't comprehend all these things <laughs> a lot of things at once so, for sure yeah yeah but uh but it's it's an exciting time still even even still even if it feels a little bit stressful um so yeah that's kind of what uh what i've been doing and hopefully you know within the next few weeks or or month or so i'll kind of get to reshift and go back into a lot of checking out a lot of different, you know, card games and things that are happening. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we also have Team Hearth League starting next week, the new season starting next week. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to be part of a lot of different teams. So uh, there is that slight like, oh, no, am I, am I getting myself in over my head here? With, no, this is, how many this is the season. This is the season, Don. You're lining up for that crossover Go. run. That's right. I uh, can't wait to see it. I'm just going to play in, like, all the different things. <laughs> like, let's go. Um, yes, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at. Uh, kind of what, what's been going on for us, uh, I guess. Not necessarily outside of gaming, but outside of just news-related <laughs> things. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, mostly, mostly gaming, mostly gaming things. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's exactly. been a, a regular week, um, which is good. There, there's not like a, a really significant life event or other thing going down. Um, just your your average August, uh, early August week. You know, that's right. That's right. Oh, good. Finally. I feel like I need I need just like right? some average weeks. Yeah. That'd be good. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and shift into our next thing here on and that is the term of the week that you have for us. What do you got this week? All right. So, term of the week this week is mill. And mill uh essentially refers to um burning your opponent's cards uh if it happens to be hearthstone or um for magic where the term comes from pretty much is you're taking cards from your opponent and you're putting them into the graveyard uh you and it it typically means it's referring to cards from their deck uh i believe it comes from the card millstone that got printed lots of years ago over 10 years maybe over 15 years ago uh and it, it essentially was just making your opponent take the top two cards of their deck and put it into their graveyard um in hearthstone it, it usually just means that you're forcing your opponent to draw more and there's a maximum hand limit so if they exceed that maximum hand limit with their draws then the cards just disappear forever they they get burned up and you can't use them and the whole strategy just revolves around basically make them draw more and more and more and all of a sudden they don't have any cards anymore and um then you win uh in the case of hearthstone you know it's it's fatigue damage because you still try to draw when you don't have any more draws um in other games it could just be that you know there's there's no resources left, so now you can do the cleanup work. Um, but a strategy a lot of people really love. Uh, personally, I don't love it, but I understand, you know, hey, it, it's good to have a variety of different approaches to how to win games. Absolutely. I, I would say that mill-type strategies are generally one of the very, like, love or hate <laughs> style of, of decks or play. Um and yeah, it's kind of interesting how different games approach it. Because as you said, like Hearthstone has fatigue damage when you get to the end of a deck. Some games like Magic, uh, and I think a couple other card games as well, have the, you know, if you have no cards in your deck and you go to draw a card and you can't draw anything, then you just lose. Like it just ends the game. So, you know, there's kind of different um, aspects, whether it's just, hey, I'm just going to get rid of resources from your deck, as you mentioned, with just removing those cards altogether, 
or completely getting to the end of the opponent's deck, you know, whether that's fatigue damage or just ending the game straight up. Uh, so there's there's kind of those, the half measure of like just getting some cards out of the way or the, you know, get all the way to the, the end game with that. So yeah, it's definitely something that's been around and is, I feel like something that I think as card game players, especially like seasoned or veteran card game players, uh, the term mill <laughs> just i kind of take it for granted just because i'm like yeah i know what that means but if i were new to card games it'd be like what does that even mean what are we talking about like yeah. <laughs> what yeah it's um i mean a, a lot of people love it because it's it's like a different type of way to approach winning games and basically it's just it's sort of like a combo deck in a different way where you're just you have to survive like the combo deck does and your combo in this case isn't like a whole bunch of damage or a fancy string of things that wins the games it's make them just draw like all of their stuff with your cards that make them draw all of their stuff uh, as you continue to survive sometimes you do it all in one big burst sometimes it is a like over the course of the whole game thing but for me that's like one of the most frustrating play experiences in card games is playing against the mill deck if it's done well or correctly. Because if there's one thing I want to do in my card game, it's play my cards and have my cards and not lose all of my cards. And mill is like, yeah, <laughs> take that away from you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that. Very much so. All right. Anything else that you want to mention for for Mill? Uh, nope. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I love our uh, terms of the week. I feel like even as somebody who's played a lot of card games, like I always get just a slight, you know, either reminder or just a little new piece of of strategy when we go over these. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to run through keywords. I need to start making a list, so I don't, like, repeat any. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll go back and look. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, let's get into this week's news. We have quite a bit of news and competitive play stuff this week. So for the card game news this week, starting with our general news, we did have Gen Con last weekend, and... Again, that was Thursday, August 3rd through Sunday, August 6th. Uh, one big takeaway for card games was definitely that Disney Lorcana was huge. It was incredibly, incredibly popular. Masses of people lined up or even, I don't even think there was lines anymore. It just was a huge mass sea of people really uh, waiting to get into the area to play Disney Lorcana, trying to get in to get product and i think that that just also shows not only that the chatter and stuff online about the game but also in person just really showed how popular at least to start disney lorcana is going to be and uh very curious to see how that continues once the game officially launches it will be launching here i believe august 18th to like local game stores that have signed up to start with disney lorcana and then September 1st, it will be available to kind of the, the mass retailers, you know, Walmarts, Targets, that kind of thing. So more people will be able to start getting their hands on it. And I know that there's even been posts from Ravensburger uh, putting out, you know, comments and details and basically making posts that they are aware of the high demand and they will be uh, doing a lot to make sure that there is plenty of product for everybody who wants to play and get cards. So going to be very, very interesting to watch that unfold over the next month or so. And not only that, but uh, then there was kind of a little bit of a downside. I guess there was uh, right before Gen Con, an entire pallet of cards. And it looks like uh, there has been some news that kind of came out afterwards that it was an entire palette potentially of Magic the Gathering, I think commander cards that was stolen. About $300,000 worth of cards 
were stolen right before Gen Con or as Gen Con was starting. Um, so yeah, That's surprisingly, insane. yeah, it is so much. And I know at the beginning when this was first surfacing and it was first being revealed in news, uh, there was a kind of that big point of note that people were saying, hey, this does not have any Lorcana cards in it. Um, but I think as things have unfolded, more information has come out about what it was. It turns out that it was all magic cards. I think at first there was speculation that it was kind of a palette of make potentially multiple different trading card games. Uh, but still, regardless, uh, you know, product getting stolen, especially at a convention like that, where that product was likely going to actually be for the public, uh, that's that's huge. And that's a lot of product. $300,000 worth of, of cards is an incredible amount. Yeah, I did not expect that um, there would be a, a card heist. But, um, yeah. I mean, the value is the value. I, I hope they find the people responsible and bring them uh, to justice soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the... Some of the news articles that I was looking at uh, earlier this morning and last night, it did look like they are circulating more and more um, like photos and a little bit, you know, of things that were captured from like security cameras of the two, you know, people who did steal those. So you know, definitely I know police in the area are trying to get information so that they can get the people who did steal those cards uh, and, and do exactly that and, you know, are still looking for info. So I just wanted to, to bring that up because I think that that is definitely something that uh, was pretty circulated on the socials and kind of in the news. So um, yeah, that it happens. It's unfortunate. And, you know, as, as card game players, we hate to see that kind of stuff, but it certainly does happen. Uh, all right. Next we have Hearthstone and we had mentioned previously that we had the new expansion drop uh, this past Tuesday. We did see a small patch that hit for Hearthstone nerfed two different cards in the game. And uh, you know, for a patch to come a full week after a set launch and expansion coming out with just a couple of nerfs, I think fantastic uh, showcase of just how kind of balanced and how good this Titans expansion has been for Hearthstone. So that was honestly pretty exciting to see that, you know, nothing had to get like uh, emergency nerfed or changed within like the first couple of days of the expansion. And that it was just a couple of cards, like a small little patch a week after the launch. It did. Um, it did still have a, a pretty big impact on one archetype. Uh, I thought one of the two nerfs was like totally warranted but the the second one the one they did to mech rogue felt like a little bit uh over correcting too early i guess maybe they just really didn't want to see mech rogue at the master's tour because it probably would have been and now uh it's gone it's like totally gone like i don't see anybody playing it i don't know if it's uh in and of itself an overreaction to the nerf from the player base where they're like oh this is bad now when when it's not actually bad uh or you know people tried to test it and they're like oh this is bad now but uh it's like disappeared i have still been seeing it uh, i still did see it some on my climb to legend and in like the 3k legend range um so people are still playing it but i'm sure probably at that higher legend that you're at yeah people <laughs> are just not playing it anymore um yeah it'll be interesting i guess to see over the next like week or two if that rises again as you said maybe people are just like oh it just got nerfed into the ground not gonna play it switch up or yeah. you know or, or innovations to the list that make it yeah like, seem more viable again or something yeah but probably like the most important card got hit and made more expensive and that can change a lot even one mana yeah definitely can <clears throat> All right, and then uh, next we have Flesh and Blood. We did mention this last week as well, but their next expansion, Bright Lights, has been announced. It is a 251-card set that looks to have a cyberpunk or futuristic, you know, kind of robotic-type uh, theme. 
And there are some important dates with this. Uh, the preview season will be starting on September 22nd. Pre-release events will run from September 29th through October 2nd. And then the set will release on October 6th. So still a little ways out, but that is coming. Going back to this past week for Marvel Snap, we did have a new season start called Big in Japan that did launch and start on Tuesday, August 8th. And also on Tuesday, August 8th, they did put out patch notes along with that. It brought changes to six different cards and there were some new features for their card upgrading that definitely can make a difference. Uh, they have a button now you can hit to multi-upgrade a card. It kind of just jumps the upgrade levels all in one button. So if you are upgrading a card multiple times, instead of actually having to do it multiple times, you just do it once. And then they also added the ability to upgrade cards with gold. Uh, there is a limit each day, but um, it didn't specify what that limit is. So that's a little interesting there. But I think even having the flexibility to just offer that as an option for some players uh, definitely could be pretty helpful. That's good. Um, kind of interesting. I, I'm actually out of the loop on <clears throat> I'm out of the loop on um, Marvel Snap now. Uh, that's one of the games that I tried to play on the side and, you know, complete dailies for. It's probably been a week since I've played it. Uh, I don't know. I just my my interest started to wane. But um, quality of life features like that. Uh, that sounds like a big one because it was really annoying to do it the other way uh, from what I remember as I was playing it. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll start playing it some more. Yeah. All right. Uh, getting into magic again. Big news uh, at Gen Con. Magic did have their magic at 30 panel and who did they announce a lot of stuff. Uh, they announced a lot of stuff for what is coming. And most notably, they did a lot of looking at sets and expansions and things that are coming out in 2024 and a little bit of sneak peek for sets and things coming out in 2025 as well. So quite a ways out there. But I wanted to mention some of these that definitely have gotten a lot of interest and chatter and 2024, they showed kind of the full year. They broke it down into three kind of quarters. Quarter one, bringing Ravnica Remastered to start, then bringing Murders at uh, Karlov Manor. Now, they did also mention that this is kind of in conjunction with Clue, the company Clue or Cluedo in some countries uh, to celebrate 75 years of clue wow wow uh, that's yeah incredible nice. um but this murders at karlov manor is going to kind of be a murder mystery themed expansion so that's pretty exciting uh, a lot of people do like those murder mysteries and they have some kind of interesting uh things along with that some additional content that's going to be coming out uh, so definitely will want to check that out in the middle of quarter one if you like murder mystery type things. And then in March to wrap up quarter one, they will be uh, releasing Universes Beyond Fallout. Yeah, that's right. They're working with Fallout. With They've already done uh, Lord of the Rings, right? We just had Lord of the Rings. We have Doctor Who coming soon. And then March 2024, we're going to get Universes Beyond Fallout edition. That is incredible. Uh, in quarter two, they have two sets, Outlaws of Thunder Junction and Modern Horizons 3. Oh, and it just keeps getting better. Quarter three, they have Assassin's Creed. That's right. There's an Assassin's Creed set. And then the middle of quarter three is going to bring Bloomborough. And then the final set for quarter three, Duskmorn House of Horror. And wait, it gets better from there. If you're if you're looking for additional universes outside of magic, uh, you definitely will also want to keep your eyes out for 2025, where they will be releasing a Final Fantasy set. Yeah, they are collabing with Final Fantasy 
in addition to the other games and universes that I just mentioned for 2024 as well. Uh, so huge, huge news there from their panel at Gen Con. Yeah, it's intense. That is a lot of things. Um, it's good to see that they've put so much work and thought into like developing what they're going to be doing for a few years out. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff to come from Magic with uh, lots of really significant different IPs. Yeah, absolutely. And there has been a lot that I've been seeing on socials and things like that. Uh, a lot of people also kind of stepping away from the game just because they are pushing so much products and it's getting kind of expensive. And a lot of players are just getting kind of tired of the amount of product and the amount that it seems like um, that Wizards is charging for some of these things. And it's just kind of becoming too expensive for a lot of players. And they're honestly losing interest. Uh, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see over the next you know, year, two years, especially uh, what the kind of difference of, hey, this game is becoming too costly. It's just too much. It's too overwhelming. Um, and people leaving and see the comparison to maybe potential new players that the game is bringing in because of some of these IPs. So I'm very curious to kind of see you know, what the upside and downsides might be for, for some of these at the same time. They'll be fine. They have Post Malone. He'll just buy it all. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then Magic will become exclusively targeted towards just Post Malone and his buddies, and they'll release <laughs> sets for him. Because <laughs> they'll be so, so expensive. And nobody else can play. Uh, but if, if you're part of his friend crew, you'll, you'll get your, uh, four to five person magic. Games. That's right. All right. So, uh, so become friends with Post Malone now and get, yes. get in that circle now while you can. All right. Got it. Perfect. Easy. All right. Uh, for Pokemon, we have the Scarlet and Violet Obsidian Flames expansion coming August 11th. That is coming so, so soon. Actually, today soon. Today is the 11th. So that is launching today. And definitely have seen some people already at uh, this last um, weekend that were playing in like pre-release events and starting to get some of those cards. So uh, that is launching today. You should be able to start finding it like over this weekend at your local retailers if they're going to have it, local game stores. So keep your eye out for that. Uh, and, you know, especially kind of in conjunction with this weekend is the World Championship that Ron will talk about more in our competitive and organized play section. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. Newest set launching today. Oh, I got to use that term uh, going forward today soon today I soon like that's right <laughs> yes it's coming soon how soon today soon <laughs> today soon that was totally not a i didn't remember what uh today's date no no, no is i love and it had we... to look suddenly <laughs> no uh, the, the, we we own this we own this now <laughs> today, today soon that's right all right and we also got some news from the eternal card game uh that the next set for eternal is on its way called Battle Lines that will be coming this fall. No specific date released in that news article, but just says this fall. Uh, so we'll definitely keep our eye out for that to see when that's actually coming, but they did specify that it will contain over 200 cards and a few new mechanics. So we'll have that linked for you as well. And then for DC Dual Force, of course, the open beta has been running, but they have still been putting out some patch notes and adding new content into the game. And they did make a post that starting this past Tuesday, August 8th, that they'll be delivering weekly patches with a mix of new content, bug fixes, user experience adjustments, card balance improvements, and new features. So definitely, again, if you are interested in new card games that are coming out, if you are a DC fan, or if you just want to check out some cool comic-related content, then they will be releasing all of that kind of stuff on a weekly basis now going forward, uh, including some of those solo content, uh, comic book-related uh, features. So those are already starting to be added into the game, so go check those out. 
All right, Ron, what do we have for competitive and organized play? All right. So for competitive and organized play, we have a, a whole bunch of um, significant events that are going down through this month. Um, the Masters Tour, um, of course, is for Hearthstone in August 19th through the 20th. So uh, just right around the corner next weekend. Um <clears throat> is when that's going to start off with our 16 players as uh, previously discussed in a, a different episode. Uh, that should be really exciting to see. And we finally have an idea of what the meta is going to be for the Masters Tour, given that they had recent card changes. Um, highly unlikely that they would make any other changes before the mt happens so we'll be excited to see that and and tuning in on twitch instead of youtube which is nice um this next week since they've started broadcasting on twitch again uh for pokemon we have worlds that is happening in japan august 11th through 13th that's right uh today soon uh it is happening and uh for the vgc portion our very own uh, Nails from AFG is uh, five and two after day one. <clears throat> and he is looking for uh, a, a solid next day uh, to, to keep his momentum going, but definitely a pretty solid start. And we're very excited to see how that's going to go down. Um, he, he had some, he had some thrilling updates too, in the middle of the night. I didn't get to read them in real time, but, uh, I, I woke up and I saw all the posts I'm like, Ooh, he's doing good. Yeah, that's right. I know. I was like, there were, there were even some points that was like, okay, well clearly, uh, that round went fast because it was like 30 minutes, you know, or 27 minutes between his posts of one round update to the next round. And now it's been an hour since the last round update. So I'm like, you know, just refresh, 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 yeah. <laughs> refresh, <laughs> refresh, refresh. Is there an update yet? Oh, oh like I need know. to see how he's know. doing. And then finally yeah. it was like, okay, I'm completely exhausted. I'm falling asleep. It's just <laughs> about 2 a.m. for me. And I just yeah. cannot stay up any longer. I have to be up at like 8 a.m. So uh, I should probably go to sleep. So uh, I had to stop updating. And then, yeah, I woke up about 8.30 and uh, saw the, the final results. And I was very excited. Yeah, so we're all we're all pulling really hard for him and, and hoping he can get what he wants out of this uh this japan trip uh even if it's not a whole bunch of wins at least uh some fantastic memories but yeah hopefully both you know why not both uh so we'll, we'll see um moving on from pokemon we have battle spirit saga with grand open events in november that will have a grand total of twenty-five thousand in cash prizes and pro tour events invites on the line um for magic we have magic con las vegas is going to be hosting the pinnacle premier level play event of the season the 2022 to 2023 season um uh, the magic world championship as well as their new 100k limited open um for Yu-Gi-Oh, we had the Yu-Gi-Oh tcg world championship that happened last weekend in tokyo uh and for legends of runeterra last weekend is the was the hearts of uh, sorry heart of the huntress world's qualifier runeterra open uh and broadcasts were done on august 6th they had the regional coverage for the three different regions and lastly, Flesh and Blood has uh, upcoming very soon now. I think we've been uh, mentioning this coming up, and it's now only about two weeks away. USA Nationals at the Westgate Las Vegas Report and a calling event will be happening. Uh, that is coming up August 25th through the 27th. Uh, and that's what I have for competitive and organized for now. Still quite a bit, though. That's, oh, that's yeah. A lot. It's exciting. Just blazing through. Yeah. <laughs> and just wait till, uh, you know, in about a month from now and a little after when we start actually getting to add like Disney Lorcana uh, updates in there as True. well. 
The wait uh, is almost over for Lorcana. It's it's wild. Been talking yeah. about it for quite some time. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, that was a ton of news, a ton of competitive play. I think, though, let's get into our roundtable topic of the week, Ron. And this is something that I have thought about. And I, I've talked about it in the past uh, with some of the other content that I've done. But you know, I don't think we've really gotten to discuss something like this, at least not to this degree. And what I kind of wanted to to talk about with you is kind of this idea of different circles of either circles of players or circles of skill level or even focus, you know, right? Like with some players being very competitive focused or some players just wanting to play fun, chaotic, random decks, like for Hearthstone, you know, as an example, um, you know, or even with like magic, you know, some players are really just focused on commander. Some players are focused on modern or limited, whatever it might be. Um, so the, I guess the kind of premise that I would like to start with, with this topic is this kind of idea of these circles, these different levels. And I talked about this, it feels like a while ago now, um, but I talked about this in regards to, let's say that you are looking to improve your gameplay you are trying to hit different levels of, you know, ranked. This is especially important for things like online games, Hearthstone, or, you know, any of the other kind of digital games that have ranks that have, you know, those online kind of systems that you need to progress through the system uh, to hit legend or masters or whatever, you know, the highest levels of play are. And there's kind of these different, these different circles, these different tiers, these different levels, and how you improve within each of those kind of stays the same, but at the same time, there are differences. So when you're first learning a game, right, you're kind of in this like new player or just kind of beginner type circle where you don't really know much, you can just kind of play something and see how it goes, and you're probably gonna make a whole bunch of mistakes. Uh, you're not really going to know the opponent's deck or the cards. You're just kind of going with it, right? You're just like, all right, let me just like see what happens. Uh, and as you progress through the ranks, you kind of jump to these different levels. And I think one big trap, I know I have definitely put myself into this, uh, is sometimes you start to compare yourself to other players, other people within those different circles. And one big thing that not just the comparison, but kind of when you jump to these different circles, these different levels is it gets really hard to gauge where you're actually at, right? So let's say you're in that new player circle. When you first start, right, you're kind of at, quote, we'll say, quote, unquote, like the bottom of this tier, right? When you very first start, you jump in. But then as you learn more and more, you kind of move your way up to like the top of the tier of beginners. And then maybe you're better than other beginner players. So then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I've gotten so good, right? Like I've learned so much, I'm, I'm better than these other people. But then you kind of cross that threshold into that next little tier up. And then all of a sudden you're at the bottom of that next tier. Now, if you compare yourself or start saying, looking at yourself in that tier, well, compared to the players in that tier, you're at the bottom, right? Now you're like, oh, wow, I suck. I suck compared to these people. This is <laughs> terrible. Like, I don't, I don't know anything. But then again, as you move your way up through kind of that tier, that skill level, that focus level, you might start to be like, oh, okay, like now I feel really good, right? I'm, I'm so good at this. I'm awesome. I'm so much better than these people. And then again, you work your way into like the next threshold, that next tier, that next circle of, of player or that next level of skill. And then you go all through that again. Oh man, oh now compared to these people, I suck. I don't know anything, this is terrible, right? And there's kind of the, that shift that happens each time you go in or out of these different like circles of level um, or even if you shift gears. I mean, I mentioned that 
at the top of this show, right? How I kind of switched gears from kind of a general focus on like trying to do a whole bunch of stuff to like really diving hard into like studying Hearthstone, studying these new decks, studying matchups, studying, you know, all of this stuff. And that also meant that with that, I started watching or trying to get knowledge from different levels of players. And then all of a sudden that meant instead of watching or, you know, kind of communicating with people that might be around my skill level, I started watching people who are rank five legend, you know, rank 20 legend. Uh, and that is quite a jump. And then all of a sudden I just started thinking, wow, I know nothing. I am terrible, <laughs> you know, and it's not that I'm actually terrible at the game, but when I started comparing myself to that different kind of circle, that different tier of skill and player that, and my focus had shifted. So it was kind of a, a huge swing of not only the skill level of players that I was kind of comparing myself to or, or looking at their content and knowledge, but also the shift of the focus of what I was trying to get out of you know, watching their content or, you know, connecting with them. So it was a huge shift very suddenly. And it, it did slightly have a negative impact until I started realizing, oh, wait, <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't just like all of a sudden expect myself to be at that level yeah. just because I <laughs> start watching them or, or seeing what they're doing. Um, well, we are so... often <clears throat> our most harsh critics of ourselves, but that is very true. Um, yes. It, it is important to remember, like, for instance, you are a legend player and that already puts you in like the top 1%, I think, of the Hearthstone player base. Uh, it's just that, you know, there's there's like 10,000 something legend players uh, every month, typically. Uh, and it's like, oh, I, I want to be higher than I want to be in the top, you know, 5,000 and then 1,000. I want to be in the top 500. I want to be in the top 100. I want to be in the top 10. I want to be number one. You know, it's like every little step of the way. And there's always someone you could compare yourself to who has probably, you know, either been playing the game longer or spends more time on the game uh, or has a different approach in some way that works for them. A whole lot of different factors that make them, you know, a higher skill level than you currently are. But uh, a lot of times it's just not really fair to yourself to try to make that comparison absolutely yeah it's definitely not fair to yourself and i do think that a lot of players do this i mean even if you take hearthstone or again some of these kind of digital games that have these kind of you know in-game ranks you know going from bronze to silver could even be considered like one circle or one tier level right where you know as a bronze player you know, you start at the bottom of bronze and you're like, okay, I don't really know anything. But then as you, you know, get to the end of bronze, you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm so much better than these bronze players. Figured it all you out. know, like, the yeah. And then, easy. I'm then so you good. Get in, yeah. <laughs> you know, then you get into silver and you're like, oh, okay. Now I just like hit a wall and I don't know what's happening or I'm struggling or maybe you even zoom through that. And then you, you eventually will get to the kind of spot where you do kind of hit a wall or you plateau. Um, with your win rate or your growth or whatever it is, you know, that you're kind of focused on. And I've, I've definitely personally experienced this. And I've also heard a lot of people talk about this before as well um, across, you know, again, these multiple card games, but it's, it's kind of just that it's almost a, a shock tier system. I think sometimes depending on like how fast or how hard you hit that kind of wall, you hit that plateau. Um, and some players don't really expect it, right? They kind of get into that mindset of, wow, I'm just winning all these games. I'm awesome. It's just, this is going to keep happening for me, right? They kind of, it almost builds up the expectation. That they're just going to keep winning until all of a sudden that stops. And then all of a sudden, maybe they just start losing a whole bunch. And then they're like, what happened? I don't understand. I thought I was so yes. good at this. And in any card game, especially, uh, variance is a major factor. And um, if you're not used to it or you're not thinking about it uh, or you just have a, a different like mental approach to the game and it's not you know part of something that you have at the forefront of your mind, 
Um, you may dismiss a lot of variants that potentially went your way when you're winning and not realize the variance that's happening that is going against you when you're losing. So um, it can be a very streaky game, any any kind of game, you know, Hearthstone or other card games. Uh, speaking from personal experience with Hearthstone, it can be very streaky. Um, and sometimes you can do literally everything right on every turn and you can still lose because you have zero agency uh given the way that you draw uh, the way that you drew your cards and the way that your opponent drew their cards and sometimes the archetypes and the matchups so it requires a lot of other understanding to even analyze the reason behind a loss um when you lose and when you win uh, you often don't really do that kind of analysis for why your opponent lost or why you won. If your opponent drew like horribly all game and you do great, uh, well, you just won because you're better, right? You're just a, a more skilled player. Uh, and if, if the reverse happens, well, they were lucky. <laughs> we never That's take right. personal responsibility. <laughs> I refuse. No, they got lucky again. That's right. Yes. Well, you know, and it, it can be challenging, but if players are really looking to improve and they kind of focus on this, I mean, recognizing for one thing, actually recognizing and saying, hey, I'm in a different circle of player, different tier level. I'm in a different bracket of of skill set or knowledge that I need to actually get better. Uh, that is a huge first step, just recognizing that as something that you need to focus on. Uh, I think a lot of this also can tie into various forms of tilt if anybody has uh heard of jared tendler or have read you know, some of his books uh he's focused more on like trading like stock you know trading and, and markets and stuff like that right now but he is very very well known for his um his books on the mental game of poker and has been coaching players and doing that for i mean what 15 20 plus years now uh he's very very skilled in that and i think some of these concepts really apply to his concept of kind of the inchworm method of you know recognizing play style and as well as different forms of tilt i mean i mentioned you know when you kind of are overconfident that actually can be a detriment because you can start to you know say oh well i just i know what i'm doing i'm gonna i've played this deck a thousand times and you kind of overcompensate. And as you said, maybe you're not recognizing what your opponent is doing because you're just overconfident. Uh, but you can also be definitely on the other end where all of a sudden, if you feel like you've hit a wall, you can kind of berate yourself or be like, oh, well, I'm just like the worst player ever. I don't know anything. I don't know what I'm doing when you don't recognize the skills that you have learned to even get to that point in the first place and you kind of just throw all that out the window it's like oh i'm just terrible i i don't know anything um so there's there's kind of a give and take in both directions um and if you if you think about these players that are kind of in these situations where they're either on one side or the other uh, what kind of advice would you give them ron to suggest that they kind of start to get themselves out of that that rut and try to recognize where they can focus uh, to work on their their skill set or their improvement. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good um, idea to like dive into. So starting with um, the circles of like player types, you know, whether maybe you're in the beginner level or the intermediate level, maybe you feel like you, you've hit an advanced level or you're even beyond that. The, the first step uh, should definitely start with identifying like where you feel like you, you, you fall into place in terms of, you know, the, the overall player base or something like that. And because a lot of these games have competitive ranked systems, it makes it a little bit easier. You have a number or a designation that tells you kind of where you all are already. Uh, some, you do have to apply some 
bit of other information to that like is that a function of time like am i this rank right now because i'm not playing very much and i would be higher if i played more so you want to look at win rates and some other things so one of the best things that i could suggest is starting with some kind of tracking software that enables you to look at replays of your games if you play a game and you look at a replay you can try to assess what you did right, what you did wrong, what your opponent did right, what they did wrong, and try to see what kinds of things you can work on for yourself. Uh, also, sometimes we can be blind to our own games, so it is huge to have a second set of eyes come in and look at that replay for you and say, well, here's what I saw on your side that you could do better. Here's what I saw from what your opponent did and so on. Um, Beyond that, there's a lot of different other steps. You could go into, you know, watching people who have been playing the game for longer or maybe you're at higher ranks who are streaming and they can be discussing their plays. Can we think of anybody who does that? <laughs> just, just a short little self-plug uh, for myself and Don. We both stream on Twitch. Uh, myself, uh, of course, uh, at Ron Mexico and and dragon rider dragon rider tccg um and uh and there are plenty of streamers that like talk through plays and and go over what they're doing and why um if you're looking for kind of a more learning based approach a lot of times it's as simple as just before the streamer makes a play look at the cards and what play would you make and then why did they do something different uh maybe your play was better maybe your play was worse try to analyze why uh and if nothing else is working depending on how important it is to you uh you can always like line up coaching sessions too uh you know if it's a real priority i really want to get better at the game and hit a higher competitive level um there are multiple top tier players that uh you could you know pay for coaching sessions with as well uh or just look for if anyone is offering like free coaching or wants to get into that uh, there's there's so many different approaches that you can take to try to say hey i want to work on my game how do i do it uh identify yourself your position your needs first and then go from there yeah and i think in that same vein too i think recognizing kind of one specific thing i think at least that you want to start working on is also a huge step uh it can be very easy to say i want to be better but what does that actually mean right like how do you actually get from where you are to just being better <laughs> or getting better right that it's too vague to just say you want to get better uh so definitely trying to kind of focus in on maybe one aspect of the game or, or one or two maybe um do you want to get re better at recognizing what your opponent is doing you know maybe based on their hand if they don't play the optimal thing like hand reading type skills right that is a skill that can definitely help you in games whether it's a digital card game or a physical card game uh, I think physical card games as well. I know um, Itachi, when we, we he was a host before, uh, some of our guests have also talked about that, especially at those like high level tournaments. They've talked about like hand reading and kind of uh, reading your opponent, right? They're reading their face, reading their their movements, uh, and getting a feel for for that. Um, so that is one skill that you could focus on. Um, you know, and and again, there's tons of different skills, but I think just focusing on one or two also helps put you in a better position because instead of just the very vague, broad, I want to get better, right? You need to kind of give yourself a bit more of a focus. And even in terms of like circles or different tiers or focuses, uh, there's, there's various focus, right? Do you want to get better at just ladder systems, at climbing, you know, ranked systems? Uh, and depending on the game as well, that could also be very, very different than what approach you might take if you want to be better in tournaments. Um, I'm going to use Hearthstone as an example because I think that that is kind of a very different than some of the other card games uh, where Hearthstone, right, for the ladder, for the rank system, you play one deck. <laughs> and you could play that same deck over and over and over and over if you want. But then when you go to play tournaments, most of the tournaments are going to want you to bring three different decks or four different decks. 
And so you have to know how to play those three or four different decks, and you have to know how to play those multiple different decks against multiple other decks. And so it, it kind of adds to the level. And I, I've seen this time, time and again from players who go from maybe just playing ladder or rank system and think, oh, I, I've got this. I know how to do this. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm going to try a tournament. And then they go, wow, I lost. I don't know what I'm doing. That was way more, you know, than I thought it was going to be. No, what do you wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. They banned my favorite <laughs> thing that I've spent 90% of my time playing. And now I'm forced to play only the things that I've spent 10% on. And I need yeah. to understand the strategy of like, which do I queue against which and the matchups and all these different things. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Like it can, if you're not prepared, it can be a, a, a very, um, what sobering experience, I guess, to, to come in full of confidence and be like, okay, I've played this game for a while. I know how to win Hearthstone games. And then you play something that is a different format from what you're used to and boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so not only I think are there kind of circles or tiers of like skills, but as I mentioned, there's kind of this focus like circle, you know, you have different circles of focus, different like tiers of focus where, where are you focusing your attention for your growth or your improvement and even shifting? I think we've had multiple uh, players and multiple competitors who have joined us for interviews on the show. Uh, even I'm going to say uh, last year we had the Magic World Champion and he was even talking about how he learned so much more after he kind of got a, pra a practice group together, right? And started really practicing for the tournaments because it was a different style of practice and a different style of growth and different players that he was working with than what he had before. And he improved a ton as a player after getting that practice group together. And he felt that that really helped him get to the point of being able to compete well enough to be at the world championship and win and become the world champion. So, you know, and again, we've had multiple players who have said this where again, it's like, it's, it's a whole different kind of category. And I know even for myself, when I've played or even tried to practice, even when I'm, you know, really like get down to it, and I'm studying and I'm doing this stuff. I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm getting the hang of this. I understand. And then all of a sudden I start working with a group or as you said, maybe have somebody else review my replays or something. And then I kind of just get like slashed to the ground a little bit like, oh, wow, they notice like all these things that I didn't. Um, and you know, and it, it's kind of that humbling experience like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> like now I have to retrain my brain yet again to recognize that, you know, my mind, my own experiences can only take me so far and now these other people are bringing this other perspective, these other ideas, this other line of thinking, this other line of play that I need right. to look at and consider. It can, uh, it can be, sometimes it's like, it might even be changing your entire approach to the game, um, depending on what circle you started in and, and what circle you're trying to get to. Um, you might be looking at things through a more narrow lens and then you have to widen it and all of a sudden the, it changes your play style completely among other things. So uh, it, it very much is connected to your goals and like what circle you're in, because for instance, you know, a player at the very top who's competing in master's tours obviously has a lot different focus from some other people in, uh, in the community who are just focused on totally different things. Like there's, there's someone like Brian Kibler who plays Hearthstone all the time. He's won master or he's won, um, you know, magic like championships. He, he's competed at the highest level of a different card game and won. So the competitive chops are there, but it's not his priority. Uh, his focus, I think in his words is like sweet decks. Like he just wants to make things that are cool, <laughs> yes. you know? Uh, and then there's uh, players like Zeddy or content creators like Zeddy who um, are focused on being like a completist. And he's got like 
every card and every hero skin and completed every achievement that Hearthstone has. Uh, that's his focus. Um, so he's he's not going to be like up at the top competing at the highest level because he's he's preoccupied with other things. And then you can even see someone like uh, another content creator like Mark McKayze, who has a very, very low overall win rate. I think HS Replay came out with a thing where you can publish your win rates um, because that's not his focus at all. His focus is creating like really interesting, weird combo type things or just unusual ways to do ridiculous amounts of damage or other things in a game and have highlight clips from it. Um, uh, you wouldn't call him a bad player, though, even if his win rate's like 25% for ladder, because if he was playing seriously uh, or playing like the higher tier decks, he would probably win a lot more, but it's not the focus. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just kind of interesting uh, to think and, and look at these kind of different circles, you know, these different tiers, um, these different aspects and avenues that players take. So it, it definitely is something that I think players can kind of get themselves in this mindset and kind of get themselves stuck sometimes. So uh, I just wanted to kind of talk about this as like a, an all encompassing kind of topic and look at these different layers that kind of go into it. Uh, and I think sometimes players don't think about this stuff, um, especially some of us who really want to improve. We don't necessarily even think of these different avenues, these different like circles, these different things that we're looking at as something that is part of our improvement. You know, we just, we can kind of be like, I just want to get better. And we, yeah. we don't, you know, look at what that really means and what that entails. Yeah, it's a it's a, a constant journey. Um, you'll never really hit the point where all of a sudden you've done it. You know, you've achieved it. You there is nothing else to improve. Like that is that is not a point that any card game player or or probably any. Um, competitive scene of anything uh that someone will ever achieve uh so it's just a, a consistent strive to improve uh try to be the best that you can be uh you know depending on what your focus is absolutely uh, i think for kind of my wrap-up statement here for this topic i'm just gonna say if you are a player who you feel like you want to focus on a certain thing or you want to improve um I would definitely recommend start by focusing on, I guess, focusing on what your focus is, right? Like think about what is it that I actually want to improve um, and be a little bit more specific with it rather than just saying, I want to get better or I want to be a better player uh, because learning how to focus on a specific aspect, learning how to focus on a specific deck or a specific archetype or really honing your skills that way is going to take you a lot farther in the long term than just a general statement. Yeah, and and measurable goals uh, go a long way towards like uh, helping you reach the the type of um, goal that you you want to get to. So maybe it's a particular win rate you want to get with a certain deck. Maybe. It's a particular rank on ladder. If you've never hit legend, I want to hit legend. If uh, you've hit legend before, but you haven't gone to like a particular rank, you could set, you know, one of those marks as a goal and then you can measure yourself against it. Uh, that definitely helps a lot on your improvement journey as you're, you're like having some specific thing to work towards and celebrate when you reach. Yes, absolutely. I think that's very important as well. The celebrating the the improvement and the you know milestones that you hit along the way as well. Absolutely. Um, I knew I should have had a party when I hit legend for the first time. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's an exciting moment, you know. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Any other thoughts on this topic, Ron? Before we close it out. Um, I think it's a good stopping point. We could 
probably honestly talk about this particular topic for i don't know three to five additional shows because <laughs> i don't know yeah. there's there's like a lot that you can go into uh yeah. and different branching ways but that's just like the tip of the iceberg and i think we covered a, a good bit for you know introduction how to get yourself to a point that you want to reach absolutely well i hope everybody enjoyed that thank you for checking it out and I think that that is going to put us into our wrap up here, Ron. So uh, just want to say thank you to everybody who joined us. Thank you. Uh, if you would like to be on the show, as we mentioned, we do have guests. Uh, or maybe you know somebody that you think should be on. Absolutely. Let us know. Uh, you can email us at tccgroundtable at protonmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TCCG Roundtable. Uh, we do also have a Discord that you can jump into. And also our top pin tweet will have a link for that Discord as well if you want to join us in there. Uh, if you are listening to the audio version and you would like to check out the video version, you can find that over on uh, my personal YouTube. That is YouTube.com DragonWriterTCCG. Um, of course, as I just mentioned, we do have those audio versions that you can check out and listen to as well. You can find that pretty much anywhere that they uh, put out audio podcasts. And if you are interested as well uh, in getting some like gaming gear, some card game stuff like dice or play mats, anything like that, uh, we definitely would greatly appreciate if you check out Inked Gaming as we are affiliated with them. You can use our link and uh, any purchases that you make directly support us as well. So we greatly appreciate that support there. And again, thank you to everybody for checking this out. If you want to find us individually, Ron, where can people go to find you? Uh, so I am on Twitter at Ron underscore HS. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, Ron Mexico HS. And you can find me streaming every weekday, Monday through Friday on Twitch uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, at Ron Mexico HS. Where can they find you, Dragon Rider? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Donnie DK. It's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. You can find me on YouTube, as I mentioned, and Twitch, Dragon Rider TCCG. Uh, or if you just kind of want to find a whole bunch of stuff that I do, you can check out my website, dragonridertccg.com. And again, thank you everyone for tuning in for this week's episode. And we will see you at the roundtable.